As you slowly sail into New York Harbor, you set your sights on a lovely large lady. Like a guardian at the gates, all are greeted by her beacon of hope and her face flaunting freedom. She's so much more than a simple statue. She is a symbol of strength. We are going to get to know Lady Liberty like never before, from her torch to her toes, on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI for Your English, the topic-based podcast which is designed to teach you English, among other things, entre otras cosas. And as always, I'm always open to your suggestions. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, future topics, contact me, drop me a line on social media or wherever you can. If you're a patron, you can contact me on Patreon and I'd be more than happy to grab and listen to your feedback. And remember, if you can, if you've got a minute or two, go over to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a rating. Remember, it helps it become more visible. Many more people will discover this podcast. And if you leave a comment, I'd be more than happy to send you a little something special just for making the effort. Thank you so much again for making this podcast possible, especially to my patrons who without them, well, there would be no podcast. That's right, a shout out to my super duper students, Sabela, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Diana, and Pilar. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you guys want to find out more about becoming a patron, just go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and you can find out about all the different options. You can get bonus audio, also PDFs with all the useful vocabulary, expressions, and concepts therein. And if you're on our higher levels, our super-duper students and our interstellar students, well, then you have access to weekly and monthly classes with yours truly, Un Servidor. So if you want more information, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. If you want a free sample to see if it's right for you, contact me. I'd be more than happy to oblige. So let's kick off with our intro. And as always, the intro is full of alliteration. I make such an effort to make sure that I use words that start with the same letter. I hope you guys appreciate that effort. Sometimes I find myself really racking my brains. And to rack your brains means to think really hard about something. So it starts... As you slowly sail into New York Harbor, and to sail is navegar. If you guys remember, we did an episode on sailing. If you haven't heard that episode, you can go back and listen to it. It was with my good friend Brendan, who's a wonderful teacher. 
and a great sailor to boot. So if you haven't listened to that episode, give it a listen. And New York Harbor, well, a harbor is another way of saying a port. Un puerto, harbor. Now remember, the British spell it with a U, the Americans spell it without that U. Like color, there's another example. They spell it color, and us color, without that extra U. Then I said, you set your sights on. And to set your sights on means to look at. Echarle el ojo a algo. You set your sights on a lovely, large lady. Lovely is divina, and large is enorme, and lady. And, of course, we're talking about Lady Liberty, as I said, the Statue of Liberty, a.k.a. also known as Lady Liberty. Like a guardian at the gates. And be careful with the pronunciation here. No es guardian. He oído muchos alumnos decir guardians of the galaxy, right? But it's guardians. Vamos a imaginarnos esa palabra sin la U. Guardian at the gates, in las puertas. So she is. She's a guardian at the gates of New York, and really, at the gates of the United States. Remember, when people were coming from Europe, what was their first stop? That's right, Lady Liberty. Then I said, all are greeted by her beacon of hope. And to greet is saludar. And a beacon, this is a really good word. Now, don't mix it up with bacon. This is beacon. A beacon is faro o fanal. But it also means a model or an example of something. And I'm not the only one who says that she's a beacon of hope. She's been known as a beacon of hope, esperanza. Then I said her face flaunting freedom. And to flaunt is to show off, presumir de... Of course she's flaunting freedom. She's proud of the freedom that she represents. And as we'll discover in this episode, she's so much more than a simple statue. And I want to look at that word because, well, that's one of those T-U words. Let's say that word together. Statue. Notice it sounds like a C-H. Statue. Sculpture. Future. Repeat after me, guys. Future. Nature. Structure feature. You see, there's something they all have in common. Creature. So it's a CH sound. Remember, guys, you can use these podcasts as a listening exercise, but if you want to use them as a speaking exercise, it's as simple as repeating after me. Then I said she is a symbol of strength. And that's a tough word to pronounce too. Strength. Strength, which is fortitud, I think you say. So strong is the adjective. She's very strong. She's a symbol of strength, sustantivo. And then we heard a foghorn. Este tipo de bocina en un barco de la niebla. Claro, tiene sentido. A foghorn. And I ended it saying, we're going to get to know Lady Liberty, as she's called, like never before. Como nunca. From her torch to her toes. And a torch is antorcha. And toes are obviously dedos del pie. Remember, in Spanish, you have 20 fingers. But in English, you don't. We say fingers are for the ones on your hand and toes for the one on your feet. My daughter knows that from a very famous song, Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. But the expression is from head to toe. But of course, in this case, I wanted to use that alliteration. And there's something even higher than Lady Liberty's head, than Lady Liberty's crown, and that is her torch. 
So let's learn about this lovely lady who represents my country. Now, around 4 million people a year visit this site. And aside from being an amazing site in and of itself, it also offers spectacular views of New York City. Some of the, the best views that you'll ever get of downtown New York City, you'll get from Liberty Island. And Liberty Island is the name of the island where the Statue of Liberty is located. And we're going to talk about this island right now. But first, I just want to focus on the pronunciation of the word island. Let's say this sentence, Ireland is an island. Iceland is an island. Nunca decimos Iceland. Bueno, a no ser que queremos decir Islandia. So the fact that she's located, ubicada, on an island makes it something that you have to plan to go to. You don't just go to New York City and say, well, look, let's just do this. It's something you have to plan ahead for. And to plan ahead is planificar con antelación, to plan ahead, because it's only accessible by ferry. You can't go there on your private boats and just show up on the island. It's a national park and it's regulated by the government. And of course, after September 11th, well, we're not playing games. In fact, that was one of the, the very few things in history that were able to stop the Statue of Liberty in her tracks. And after the, the attacks, los atentados, on September 11th on the World Trade Center, well, the, the Statue of Liberty was closed for three years, which is, it's a lifetime. Well, according to figures, that's 12 million people who didn't get to visit this amazing symbol of freedom, this amazing symbol of New York and the United States. So let's talk about Liberty Island, the island that it's located on. And Liberty Island was a military base at first. It was called Bedloe Island. I should tell you something about New York City. There are hundreds of little islands all around New York City. And this just happened to be one of them that was, as I said, formerly, anteriormente, used as a military base. And in 1871, the decision was made to build it on this island, Liberty Island, which at that time was called Bedloe Island. It was changed to Liberty Island in 1956. And there's a dispute here, a border dispute. People in Jersey, on one side of the Hudson River, will say that the Statue of Liberty and Liberty Island is in their state. And people on the other side of the river in New York are saying that it's in their state. So if you ask a New Yorker where the Statue of Liberty is, they'll say New York. If you ask someone from New Jersey, they'll say New Jersey. And this is an ongoing dispute. But the real answer is the Statue of Liberty belongs to all of us. Now, you can still see some remnants of the old fort, this military base. There's a star. The, the island, the base, has a shape of a star. And this was left over, or this was remnants from that fort. Now, let's talk about the dimensions a little bit. How tall is Lady Liberty? Well, she is 151 feet tall. I know, 
you're thinking, that's gibberish to me. Gibberish, I think you say galimatias, como que no me dice nada, 151 feet. Well, in meters, I did the math, it's 46 meters tall. And we're talking about the statue here, not the pedestal. And if we add up those numbers, 1 plus 5 plus 1, well, that's the number seven. And we're going to see in the bonus part of today's show all about the symbolism, how the number seven appears many times on Lady Liberty and so many other hidden symbols. Hidden means oculto o escondido. So we'll take a look at that in the bonus part of the show. I think you guys are going to find it really interesting. Now, if you include the pedestal, then the statue is 93 meters tall. That is huge. I don't know if you can picture that in your head. As we said before, she is uh, carrying a tablet in one hand, and uh, on that tablet is inscribed the date of the American Declaration of Independence, which, as many of you know, uh, is July 4th. 1776. Oh, and there's another piece of symbolism. The new World Trade Center building that was built is 1,776 feet tall. Why? Because the country's Declaration of Independence was in 1776. We love our symbolism in the United States. So in one hand, she's got that tablet with the date. In the other hand, she's holding a torch. And that torch is really high in the air. I'm not really afraid of heights, but I don't think I could go up there. I mean, even if I was allowed. Now, I'm not allowed, and, well, nobody's really allowed, because, well, in 1916, there were some German saboteurs terrorists, I guess, because if you set off an explosion, well, that's not, you know, that, that can be considered terrorism, right? And this was during World War I, and the torch-bearing arm suffered damage to bear es aguantar o soportar, and it received a lot of damage. Vamos a fijarnos en la pronunciación, no damage, sino damage. And they repaired it, as uh, all the times that she's uh, had problems with her skin or other things like that, well, they fixed it. But after that, that was a turning point. They never reopened that torch again. So if you didn't go up to that torch before 1916, then you, you, you missed your, your opportunity to do that. And uh, I'll tell you in the bonus part about my trip to the Statue of Liberty. It was a class trip, and I remember it very clearly. I remember going up to the crown, La Corona, and I remember looking up at the torch and just, I got queasy. My stomach got queasy, and I think that's like mareado in Spanish. Another thing that's very well known about the Statue of Liberty, at least to many Americans, is a poem. And this poem is a sonnet by a poet named Emma Lazarus. And this kind of embodies the whole idea behind Lady Liberty and welcoming everybody into the United States with open arms. I'll read it for you and then we'll go back and look at the vocabulary because I want to get that rhythm. I think it's really important. So here we go. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp 
beside the golden door. I don't know if you hear it in my voice, but I am definitely choked up. Estoy emocionado. I've got, right now, I'm telling you, my hair is standing on end. Tengo el pelo de puntas. So the poem reads, Give me your tired, tus cansados. Your poor, tus pobres. Your huddled masses. And to be huddled is amontonado. Think about how they came over uh, on these boats from Europe. Your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And to yearn is ansiar, anhelar. You're, they're yearning to breathe free, respirar libre. The wretched refuse, and wretched means desgraciado, miserable, refuse es basura, of your teeming shore, de tu, de tu orilla, de, de tu costa. No? And the word teeming is repleto. It's a homophone for the word team, equipo, but it's written with two E's. Remember, guys, if you want access to all the vocabulary, consider becoming a patron and you'll have access to all these 300 plus words that we look at every week. Then the poem reads, send these, estos, the homeless, tempest-tossed, and tossed estirados por la tempestad, por la tormenta, I lift my lamp. Beside the golden door, levanto mi lámpara, no, her torch, al lado de la puerta de oro. Frankly, it's beautiful, if you ask me. But it wasn't all that easy, despite being a modern marvel, una maravilla moderna. The Statue of Liberty had her share of financial hardships, of technical hardships, and she almost didn't get made. So let's go over some of the basic facts here about the construction and engineering. Now, we know it was a gift from the French. Era un regalo de los franceses. And it was to celebrate a hundred years of independence. It was also to celebrate our friendship with France. There were many key people involved. The first one is Edouard de Laboulet. Now, you're going to have to excuse my French pronunciation. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Edouard de Laboulet. And he provided the idea for the statue. He goes, hey, I've got an idea. Why don't we give our American friends a statue that symbolizes freedom because they just abolished slavery? And also to celebrate their independence from England. A hundred years of independence from England. But he was just the idea guy, which is no small feat. No es moco de pavo. It's no small feat. Nosotros decimos no es hazaña pequeña. I think really the key guy, though, would be Federic Auguste Bartholdi. Federic Auguste Bartholdi, who was the designer. He's the one who designed this mega statue. And the project was announced in 1875. And she was supposedly modeled after Libertas, the Roman goddess. A Roman goddess, Libertas, was supposedly where they, he got the inspiration. And some people say that her face is his mother's face. But in the bonus part, we're going to find out how it's actually been proven that it might be a man's face, his brother's face. We'll see about that in the second part, and I'd like to hear your opinion on that.
Plus, the Statue of Liberty wasn't her original name. Her name was changed to the Statue of Liberty in 1924. I'll also tell you her original name in the bonus part of today's show. But they were having a lot of trouble financing this project, funding the, par- the project, right? Another way to say financiar is to fund, como fondo. And there were other cities that were even considered. They considered Boston, Sacramento, because, well, New York wasn't coming up with the money. And the agreement that they had was that France would finance and pay for the statue and the U.S. would pay for the pedestal and provide the site. And really it was brilliant since they designed the statue in parts. Well, what they would do is when they finished a part of the statue, they would take it around and tore it. So the Statue of Liberty started traveling the world, but not all of her, just her arm. Or, for example, the first thing that was finished was the right arm and the torch. And that was one of the ways they used to raise money, recaudar fondos. It was on display at the World's Fair, and people could pay 50 cents to climb on it. So that was one way. That was in 1876. In 1878, they took the head and shoulders over to the Paris Expo and they raised money there. So really, they were raising money on both sides of the Atlantic. And I want to look at that expression, head and shoulders. We've looked at it before. To be head and shoulders above the rest is estar muy por encima de los demás. My students are head and shoulders above the rest. The right arm and the torch were also on display in Madison Square Park for six years. And then they went back to France. So this woman, well, parts of this woman, were traveling all over the world before she was assembled. To be assembled is montado. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this fact, but there's also a Notre Dame and an Eiffel Tower connection. What? Are you kidding me? Well, I know there's a French connection, but Notre Dame? Well, what does it have to do with this famous Gothic cathedral? Well, when Bartoldi went to work on the project, he hired, contrató, his mentor. His mentor named Eugene Violette Leduc. And this was his mentor. A mentor is the person who inspires him. And he hired him because of his expertise, pericia, because of his experience, and because he was the guy who was in charge of restoring Notre Dame. So the guy who restored Notre Dame to its brilliance, its opulence, is also involved in the building of the Statue of Liberty. He was the one, supposedly, that chose copper as the building material. Copper is cobre. The skin is copper. However, he didn't see the project through. Verlo hasta el final. He became ill and died in 1879. So after he passed away, después de haber fallecido, well then our friend Bartoldi hired Gustav Eiffel. Does that name ring a bell? And Gustav Eiffel was instrumental in finishing the project and working on the structure, on the iron frame. So after all these parts have traveled around the world and New York and Paris and all over the world raising money, they were finally brought back to Paris and they were put there for their final construction, their final assembly, which really wouldn't be the final assembly. This is the thing. This thing was assembled and disassembled a couple times. 
So from 1881 to 1884, they put all the pieces together. This was in Paris. They made sure that everything fit. And then what did they do? They disassembled it. They took it apart. So to put together and to take apart are the phrasal verbs we could use. And they put it into 214 crates. There were over 300 pieces and it was shipped back to the United States. But there was just one problem. The United States didn't have the pedestal ready yet. They didn't have enough funds. Enter a man named Pulitzer. You guys know him from the Pulitzer Prize. Well, this guy, uh, you could call him one of the first crowdfunding guys. He raised money to get this pedestal done. And finally, they got it done. And in the end, France spent, supposedly, $250,000 on the statue, a quarter of a million dollars. And Americans spent $275,000 on the pedestal. Now, supposedly, that's around $10 million in today's money. But imagine, they had a hard time, dificultad, raising that money. And after Joseph Pulitzer's campaign became a total success, well, then they knew it was just a matter of time. They built that pedestal quickly, they finished it up, and they put that statue up in record time. And in the year 1886, 20 years later, 20 years of looking for money, 20 years of losing partners and all kinds of hardships, and finally... She was done, and they held a parade. A parade is un desfile, and to hold is convocar. I think you can also say the word celebrar, like we're holding a meeting. Vamos a celebrar una reunión o una conferencia. So they held a parade, and about a million people showed up. When they passed by Wall Street, a lot of the Wall Street brokers started taking the ticker tape. Now, the ticker tape is, according to word reference, cinta de teletipo o cinta de cotización. It's this tape that they use, you know, when before everything was digital. And to this day, that word has stuck. Now, when the Yankees win or anytime there's a celebration in New York City, we have a ticker tape parade. Well, that day was no different. Nobody could rain on their parade. <laughs> okay, bad joke. Uh, to rain on someone's parade is amargarles la fiesta. And, well, 30 years later, she turned green. What? She turned green? You mean with envy? Envidiosa? No. I mean, she literally turned green. Those of you who know a little bit about metals, copper turns green when it gets rusty. And of course, where is the Statue of Liberty located? An area where there's a lot of humidity, a lot of water and the elements. So 30 years it took, but she turned green. And they were a little bit worried about the corrosion and all that stuff. So they sent in the military to do a study. And they wanted to see if this rusting, you know, this, this, the elements and all this, if it was weakening, haciendo más débil, if it was weakening the structure. And you know what? It turned out that it wasn't. This green actually protected it. It put a layer, una capa, over this copper and made it even stronger. And anybody who's ever seen an old penny, un centimo antiguo, americano, you'll see that it's green. Yep, there's the penny Statue of Liberty connection. 
And speaking of the structure, she is so flexible. That's right. She can do backflips. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I mean flexible. She can withstand, to withstand is aguantar, winds. Yeah, strong winds and temperature changes. Well, might as well if she's going to be in New York Harbor. We all know the weather there can be quite extreme. And she's been known to sway, meterse, that's right, she's a great dancer. <laughs> she's been known to sway with the wind three inches, tres pulgadas. I did the math, it's 7.6 centimeters. O sea, o sea, casi, más de siete y medio centímetros se mueve de un lado para otro. And her arm, you know, the, the top part, five inches. That's 12.7 centimeters that she sways in the wind. So who knew? The Statue of Liberty, a symbol of strength, but also a symbol of flexibility. And, well, we all know, freedom. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember, we're going to look at so much in the bonus part. I'm going to tell you about my personal experiences. I'll tell you about how she was a lighthouse and the Masonic and hidden messages. <laughs> and of course, I'm going to tell you about all that symbolism, the number seven and so much more. So make sure you tune in to the bonus part of today's FYI. FYI.